Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Independent Thought. This is my first episode of Season 3. Thank you to everyone who tuned back in after our long break here. It was definitely needed on my end, and I feel like also on the end of the podcast. Always a good idea to give these things a little bit of a break after an election, but we are back to talk about all the things that need to be talked about. First and foremost, I just want to say that on today's episode, we'll be talking about the aftermath of the 2020 election, because I feel like there are some things that I was not able to address in podcast form because I was taking my break, as well as what you can expect from this podcast for this upcoming season. But first, if you haven't already, please follow me on Instagram at Independent Thought. I post things to my story daily. So that is the best place to keep up with the podcast. And so with that being said, let's just dive right in. What is the mood in our country after this election is over? And from what I've been seeing, just trying to take a temp, you know, trying to take the temperature of the room basically, is that people are kind of relieved, even people who I, I think are upset by the by the results, you know, it seems that when I speak to people on the right, they're also just relieved that the election itself is over because it was such a stressful time. I mean, on top of all of the stresses that we were all dealing with as far as the pandemic is concerned and that we're still dealing with, just the added stress of the election is just something that we are all kind of just ready to exhale over. But typically in an election, you know, you exhale the day after the election. But for this election, you had to wait a little while longer. So let's talk about everything that led up to the controversy around the election. If you'll recall at the end of my you know, last season, um, I was preaching that you know, no matter what happened, no matter what the result was, that we should find a way to move forward. And I could not have predicted that you know, we were going to have such a hard time moving forward because I did not realize what we were about to see on behalf of President Trump. So what exactly happened? The night of the election, we were not able to call the election, as everyone knows. The election wasn't actually called until Saturday, the 7th, five days after the election, which for reference sake, is still two weeks faster than the 2000 election was called, you know, for those who care about that. But one of the things that was so stressful during that time was the fact that President Trump did what everyone hoped that he wouldn't do, which is declare victory the night of the election. And the reason why he did that was because he was ahead in all of the key swing states at the, at the end of election day, which most people were predicting would be the case during election day. You know, given what we knew election laws were going to have set up for some of these states. Now, one of the things to know is that every state kind of handles their elections differently, and we can all debate that later, whether or not that's actually a good idea. But a state like Florida, for instance, 
they had laws set in place where when you uh, dropped off a mail-in ballot that they could process the ballot immediately. And so because of that reason, even though Florida has the third highest population of any state in the country, they were able to dish out all of their election results on election day. But other states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, for instance, their laws were set up to where they couldn't even begin processing mail-in ballots until the day of the election. And this was, these were decisions that were made by the Republican legislatures that are heading those, those particular states. Now, when you have that in place, you kind of, like most people who were analyzing this election were saying weeks in advance that it was going to take some of these states days, days to count these votes. Like it wasn't a mystery that this might happen. It was thoroughly known that this was going to happen. In fact, the show that I regularly watch, uh, which is called Rising, uh, put out by The Hill, great, um, great news source to, to find a lot of good information on YouTube. I definitely recommend it. They were saying for a couple months in advance, actually, they were talking about this back in August, that you were going to have this red mirage kind of uh, phenomenon where Trump would be ahead on election day, and then the mail-in ballots would start getting counted because they weren't allowed to be counted until later, and then Joe Biden would make a comeback, and then the question would be, like, how much of that would there actually be? Now, Trump tried to call into question that it was insane that so many of these mail-in ballots were for Joe Biden. But my question to him and to anybody else who is confused by that is, why would you be confused? Trump spent the entire year doing nothing but saying how corrupt mail-in ballots were. He spent almost every single chance he could talking about how mail-in ballots were terrible, how it was all a fraud, how bad things happen with mail-in ballots. So why wouldn't the tens of millions of people who support him be thinking about using a mail-in ballot? They wouldn't be, not if they had the option to. And so when you politicize a form of voting the way that he did, does make perfect sense to me that a majority of his voters would try to vote in person if they could. And so, yes, when mail-in ballots were coming in, sometimes 80% for Joe Biden, I don't understand why whatsoever that is a surprise, especially when it seemed as though more people who voted for Joe Biden were more concerned by the coronavirus pandemic than people who are voting for Donald Trump. And we saw these divisions, you know, right down the line in almost every single like poll, if we can trust those anymore, <laughs> that people were taking about how do you feel about the election and how do you feel about coronavirus? It would seem that people who voted for Trump weren't taking it as seriously as people who voted for Biden. So of course they'd want to take a safer way to vote. Now, with, with that being said, you know, the whole, the whole red mirage thing which had Trump ahead in those states on election day, led him to declare victory, which I think is absolute nonsense because, you know, it, you could play, you could spin that right back on his head because in other states, 
they had the exact opposite kind of rules because again every state was making their own rules on election for as far as you know how to like conduct their elections so some states were counting all of their mail-in ballots first and then they were doing their in-person votings and so you saw an actually like a blue mirage in states like kentucky and in florida and in ohio and Iowa and Texas. And if you were watching the election results come in on election night, you'll notice that those states that I just referenced were all blue for a while on election night and they gradually turned red because those states were operating in the exact opposite fashion where they counted all their mail-in ballots first. Did the Democrats come out and scream bloody murder? Did they say that the Republicans were stealing the election from them? Were they saying that Trump was just manifesting votes out of nowhere, that people were bringing in votes from vans and all these kinds of crazy conspiracy theories? No, because we understood that that's how that was going to work in those states because it was known ahead of time how each state was going to conduct its election. And let's, I don't want anyone to be fooled by anything that I'm saying right now. Trump was not confused by what was happening. He knew what was happening, which is why... If you, if for those of you who watched the debates, when I think it was Chris Wallace who asked him, he said, will you prematurely, you know, declare victory on the night of the election? Because many people in the media who have been paying attention to this stuff knew that that's how these processes were going to turn out, which is why they cornered Trump and asked him that question that they did. But it's just, it's very frustrating to watch because I know that Trump wasn't just being hysterical for, because he was genuinely confused. This is a person who understood how the process was working and was purposely trying to sow division, knowing what he knew. He knew that the process was going to turn out this way, and yet he chose to sow division. And so he has tens of millions of people in this country believing that the election was stolen from them. Every poll that's been done since the end of the election, you know, when they're polling, you know, people who lean right or who voted for Trump, over 80% of these people believe that Biden somehow stole the election. How is that good for this country? And the reasons cited are not only, you know, like the fact about the whole the red mirage and then coming in with Biden's voting, but also the margins were so close. But when Trump won Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan by 0.1% in each one of those states, in Michigan, in fact, it was like 11,000 votes that he won that state from. No one was screaming bloody murder at that time. Do you remember protests in the streets saying how Trump stole the election from Hillary? I don't. It, it is purposely him trying to undermine this election and... I think it's a really dangerous place for us all to be in right now because as divided as this country already is, he took an opportunity to only divide us further. And I don't know exactly where that's going to lead. Is, is it a pride thing? Was he just so afraid to admit that he lost to, to Joe Biden that he felt the need to drag this out in this fashion? You see that in these court cases. Trump presented I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 cases before federal judges across this country. All of them but one were thrown out. All of them. And if you've been following Trump, he's done nothing but brag about how he's appointed so many judges 
to the federal bench during his first term. And I think it's hilarious that a lot of these judges were judges that he appointed. And not only did they strike down his appeals, but they would just throw him out of court. Some of the times without even hearing what the case was. Rudy Giuliani, for instance, appeared in Pennsylvania uh, to talk about how he thought that some of the election day votes should be thrown out. And the judge asked Giuliani, is this a case about fraud? And Giuliani said, no, this is not a case about fraud. And then later that day, went outside of the courthouse and said that there was tremendous fraud happening in this election. So, so which is it? Like, what is the, what is the angle here? You know, so I don't really understand what exactly Trump was trying to accomplish if they had no merit with the cases that they were presenting, if they knew that this was going to be the procedure for counting votes and yet they're still raising hell anyway. The only thing that it tells me is that President Trump has every intention of not really leaving the political sphere and that he's trying right now to garner sympathy and support for whatever his next eventual move is, which most people are speculating that it will be Trump trying to run again in 2024, which I've heard that that is his goal right now. I would not be surprised in the least. Also that he's interested in possibly doing Trump TV as a direct challenge to Fox News, which apparently he's very mad at them for, for calling Arizona too early and for not airing enough of his conspiracy theories about how everything was rigged against him, about how everything was stolen from him. I, 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 I just, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what the end game is here, but I want to take a quick note to kind of point out that for everyone who was worried about how the Supreme Court was going to rule, because um, after Trump appointed three justices during his first term, I thought it was very interesting that the Supreme Court not only did not rule in his favor, but they unanimously, you know, including Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, all just unanimously decided that the case that he presented to the Supreme Court had absolutely zero merit, and they threw him out of their courts. So it's, it's, it's an interesting place that we are now in. Trump is still out there saying that the election was fraudulent. He was asking for signature verifications in the state of Georgia, which is absolutely just unnecessary because you do signature verification for someone when they register to vote in that state. So that's just an unnecessary thing that he's asking for. He was even trying to bully the governor of Georgia into making it happen, saying, you know, if he doesn't do this, then maybe he should be primaried because now Trump's trying to consolidate his support in the House and in the Senate, basically saying that any Republican who calls Joe Biden the president-elect is a Republican in name only and needs to be primaried. And this goes back to the issues I have with the man in the first place. You know, this toxic idea that either you're with me or you're against me, either you support me or you're an enemy. And apparently that only, you know, that even applies to other Republicans because Trump will only accept total just total commitment, total loyalty to him, or else you are a part of the problem and you can be destroyed at any moment of my choosing. As far as I'm concerned, Joe Biden, as I've said in previous episodes, he is not the answer we are looking for, but Donald Trump had to get out. Someone who thinks like that, who governs in that way, I just 
don't, I just do not see any place for them in our country. So with that being said, the election season is not quite over yet. Uh, the Georgia runoffs are happening in, on January 5th, where two uh, Senate races will commence. And if the Democrats can win both of them, they will control the Senate. And so the Democrats will have the House, the Senate, and the White House. But if the Republicans even win just one, the Republicans will maintain the hold over the Senate, which means that, um, spoiler alert, nothing will get done for the next you know, two years. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in 2022. But the only thing that I wanna end this conversation on with is Trump has spent the last six weeks now since the election concluded saying nothing but the election was a fraud, there is fraud, there's more fraud, there's so much fraud, we're gonna show you all this fraud, look at all this fraud I found. Don't be confused for a second. The, the president is not just the president, he's also the head of the military. He has, you know, he has, you know, just kind of like clearance over the, the uh, intelligence community. If a person as high ranking as the president of the United States could, you know, had evidence of fraud of an election and they did not present it, do you know how incredibly immoral that would be on their end? He's not presenting evidence of fraud because he doesn't have any. Because if he had some, there'd be absolutely no reason not to display it to the world. Do you think Trump would be holding on to something that juicy and not blow it up all over his Twitter accounts? Or to present it in the numerous court cases that he's been like laying out across this country? If he had evidence of fraud, he would have brought it out by now. And if there is evidence of fraud, I want to see it. I, I genuinely do. You don't have to convince me that our government can be corrupt. I know they can be. And if you have proof of it, we deserve to know. I don't understand what the motivation would be to have the evidence of fraud like he claims that there is and to withhold it, especially this long. There's no logic there, which tells me that there is no evidence of fraud and that you're just using this as a way to garner sympathy for whatever it is you're going to do next. I don't want to spend any more time talking about it because until I see some a different you know, like set of circumstances, some kind of evidence, some something. This conversation is done. Joe Biden will be the president on January 20th, 2021. If Donald Trump really has something to offer, he can show the rest of the world what he has. But with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to talk about what you can expect from this podcast for season three. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. 
You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at BathingBeautiesBeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Uh, before we get started really quickly here, I just want to say to everyone who's listening right now, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you can, please support the podcast by going into the episode note and clicking on the support link. Now, the final thing I want to talk about today is what you can expect from Independent Thought for this third season. Uh, I will be having a series of guests coming on the podcast, and I'll be structuring the podcast a little bit differently. So I'm recording a lot of these um, guest segments ahead of time. Uh, so we might be referencing some things here and there that might be coming on that might be, that might have already happened. But I will have the episodes kind of structured so that the first segment uh, will be about whatever news is going on currently, so I can stay current with what's going on in the political sphere. Then I'll have our guest segment. And then I will be reacting to the guest segment afterwards. I already have about 10 guests lined up for this season. I'm hoping to get at least 10 more, but we will see as time goes on. Uh, some of the topics you can expect are I'm going to have some people coming on talking about entrepreneurship, talking about what it's like to kind of keep um, a positive mentality and what it means to believe in yourself. I'm gonna have another guest coming on talking about the world of political canvassing and what it's like to be a canvasser and some of the issues that kind of come across with that. I have another guest coming on who's gonna talk about dealing with racism in the workplace. You know, one of the central ideas that I want kind of want to start doing with this podcast going forward is not only talk about politics, but some of the things that happen within our lives that kind of shape our political beliefs. And a lot of that stuff can just come from life experiences. So I will be kind of trying to diversify this podcast by branching more into everyday life stories, which kind of holds true with the mantra that I have on the top of the Instagram profile where it says life, politics, and everything in between. I will also be bringing on another guest to talk about her process going through our immigration system and what that's been like for her and her pursuit uh, in environmental law, as well as uh, a fellow podcaster who's also a teacher and having her tell me about her experience of what it's like being a teacher in a state like Texas. That's going to be a great episode, I feel. 
I'm also going to have two other fellow podcasters come on and tell you about, you know, like why you should check out their podcast, but also just some things they've gone through in life, you know, where it comes of, you know, bringing yourself up through poverty or whether it's trying to figure out how to navigate being a black person in America. And finally, kind of rounding off what I have so far, I'm going to have a couple different Trump supporters come on the podcast and tell us how they feel about President Trump and why they vote for him. And then not secured yet, but I am hoping to get a couple of local Missoula politicians. I know that not everyone who listens to this podcast is a local Missoulian or a Montanan, but I am a Missoulian in Montana. So the local politics do matter to me. So I will be having, hopefully having a couple of these people on, fingers crossed. Going forward with this podcast, I'm going to try to do my best to expand the conversation a little bit. You know, one of the key takeaways that I was having from this election is that when I was seeing the results come in and I saw that 75 million people voted for Donald Trump, that honestly surprised me. And I think that also goes to show that I don't know everything, which is obvious to say, but it, it, was, uh, it was a slap in the face almost for what I assumed was going to happen. Because I, I thought that Trump would be competitive in this election, but I didn't know that it was going to be at this extent, which proves to me that I don't understand exactly what's going on in this country. And I feel like the only way to do that is to have more conversations with people about why do they believe what they believe. So... In America right now, most of us get our news from these giant media corporations, and they are usually ran and hosted by millionaires and the 1% and people who make six figures plus, and they live in and around the Washington, D.C. metro area. And from that perspective, they try to tell us how the country feels. But these are people who don't actually interact with us. They don't interact with us. They don't know what it's like to be us, but they try to tell us who we are and how everyone else is around us. And I feel like a lot of us listen to what they say probably a little bit too much. And so I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to accomplish here, but one of my goals is to try to let people open up a little bit more about their life experiences and their political feelings so that instead of assuming that we know how people think, let's just hear what people think. Let's hear what people have to say. Let's hear what are the reasons that make them vote the way that they vote and feel the way that they feel, so on, so forth. That is the goal moving forward because we are all, you know, when we go into the voting booth, all of us have the exact same power. We all have exactly one vote. So it doesn't matter if you're a political scholar or if you're just someone like me, an everyday person who occasionally watches the news. We all have exactly one vote. And so there's no reason why we shouldn't express our opinions because all of our opinions matter because we all have the exact same amount of voting power. And so Going forward, that is the goal of this podcast, is to bring as many voices on here as possible so that we can kind of have an open discussion with each other. And for those who haven't already, you are always free to DM me on Instagram, on Twitter, if you want to comment about this podcast, if you want to bring up a topic of discussion. If you're interested in possibly coming on, if you think you have a story to tell, 
reach out to me and let me know your thoughts on this podcast because this is this is an open discussion that I'm trying to have with people and I in no way shape or form think that this podcast is perfect I'm going to continue to try to improve this every quote unquote season that I have and so hopefully this next season will be the best one yet keeping my fingers crossed going to try to put the work in but time will tell but anyway For all of you out there who have listened to this episode to the very end, I thank you so much. I will try to get these episodes out on a weekly basis. That is the plan. So check your, um, you know, check your apps that you're subscribed on on Sunday or Monday. That's usually when these episodes will drop. And to everyone out there, just remember to embrace your independence. Thanks for listening.